All right, thank you for sticking around and subscribing to the Parbar podcast through all of these miniature church history vignettes. Is that repetitive? Miniature vignette. Anyway, today we're talking about Constantine's reforms now that he's the emperor of the Roman Empire and a Christian. Now that he's in charge, uh, being a Christian was now, of course, no longer a danger. Uh, the Christians began, now that it was no longer a danger, the Christians began taking over the empire in a, in a good way. Christians became, of course, generals and soldiers, governors and teachers and senators and all the rest. And remember previously, the Christians were thought to be the reason that Rome was failing. And now the Christian church and her members are the ones who are building up the Roman Empire. When Constantine Constantine came to be the ruler, it's estimated that 90% of the empire was pagan. So if you take just a random sample of 10 people, one of them would be a Christian. One of the nine, uh, I'm sorry, one of the 10, which means nine of them are pagans. But Constantine gave freedom to Christians and the empire began to change. The yeast and the lump of dough was spreading a little bit quicker. He knew that Constantine knew that religion could unite the empire and he wanted that religion to be the Christian one. He said the pagan, he publicly stated that the pagan gods are not gods or else Lycinius would have won in battle. He also said that the pagan gods were a demonic deception. So he's he must be reading Paul. So he decided that the government must support the church and the church's moral principles. Uh, he banished uh, the banished Christians could all come home. All those who were exiled, please come back. Those sentenced to hard labor in mines and so on were set free. Christian soldiers who were kicked out of the army could come back to their status. Constantine even gave the church money so that they could start making Bibles. So remember just prior to this, there was a empire-wide ban on the scriptures and even burnings of them. But now Constantine is supporting the church and even giving finances and funds for the reproduction of the scriptures. Now, Constantine started to build churches as well, um, uh, church buildings, but he also began to build up the empire with new baths, waterways, and fortifications for defense. But he began to build churches, and they were they were beautiful. They were simply stunning. Uh, the modern Christian church has lost the idea of beauty and its value. But Constantine understood it, and I wish I could show you some of the pictures I have in my books of these churches that Constantine built. Uh, he built six churches just in the city of Rome itself. One church called St. Peter's was started in 332 AD, um, and he died before the building was completed. We don't build buildings like that anymore. We rush, and we build mostly ugly square box houses and square box factory-looking churches. But they took their time, and they knew beauty was important. And even St. Peter's in Rome, Constantine did not get to see the finished work. Constantine also started changing laws to match God's law, uh, the principles and moral ethics of God's commandments. In 316, so just um, just a couple years after he became the emperor, 
he said that convicts could no longer be branded for their crimes on the face. So, you know, if you stole something, you'd get like the word thief branded on your forehead. And he said, you're not allowed to do that anymore because in the face, we see most clearly the image of God. By 326, criminals were no longer um, devoured by beasts in the Colosseums. There's no, that was no longer allowed as a punishment for crime. Uh, he also tried to stop the gladiatorial fighting. He tried to shut down the Colosseums and the bloodbaths, but he could not get enough support from the people. He also upheld marriage, and he punished those who would sell their children into slavery. So, you know, if you had debts and whatnot and you wanted to sell one of your kids to get out of debt, um, Constantine punished those who would sell their children. And he also made it, he also created laws to treat slaves well. So he didn't um, get rid of slavery as, as it was, but he also made it, he did make it laws, he did make laws, I'm sorry, to treat slaves well, just as the scriptures proclaim. He permitted the church as well to, to be a means by which slaves could be free. So the church with their, we would say with their diaconate fund today, could set slaves free. They could pay off the debts. And so people, of course, began associating uh, the church and freedom together, which is not a, a stretch of the imagination. In 321 AD, he made it a law that everyone should rest on the day of the sun, which is Sunday, unless you had legitimate reasons to work. So like today, you know, if you're a fireman on call and you get called to put out a fire, a house fire on Sunday, um, that kind of stuff is fine. Um, so he made it a law that everyone should rest on the day of the sun. All the Roman soldiers, he decreed, would begin their mornings with prayer. Everything in the empire changed for Christians in a really big and wonderful way, quite rapidly. Christians had never experienced such freedom before. Eusebius wrote, We have had hoped in Christ, we who have had hoped in Christ had inexpressible happiness, and a divine joy blossomed in all of our hearts as we saw places that had just a little earlier been laid waste by the tyrant's malice, now reviving, as if from a long and deadly injury, and cathedrals rising again from their foundations to lofty heights. With all the changes, the churches began to fill up with people. When Constantine first became the emperor, like I said, it was 90% pagan. The estimation was around 3.5 million Christians. That, that would be the, the 10%. And by the end of the 4th century, so about 70 years after Constantine took over, it's estimated that 50% of the empire had become Christian. So from 10% to 50% in just 70 years. Not everything, of course, was good in the church, though. Some became Christians so that they could become wealthy. Some became Christians so that they could have prestige and power. And that's nothing new when the church is at peace. Those things happen and should be guarded against. Other problems in the church were that there were just too many people and not enough pastors, not enough elders and deacons to lead and care for them. Uh, there was a dearth, a dearth of leadership in the churches in the Roman Empire. And this created problems of its own magnitude. Constantine also introduced new problems with the church and the empire uh, because Constantine began to direct the church around, uh, which, of course, the church had never experienced before. And so they had to work through the doctrine of the magistrate. What does, how does the church interact 
with the civil magistrate. And what does the civil magistrate have power and authority over in the church, if any? Can the emperor call councils? Can he establish the truth of scripture uh, by decree? Can he fund Bibles? Can he require soldiers to pray, even if they're not Christians? Can he? What can the emperor do? Constantine decided that in matters of the church, his will would be the new law. He decided that he would be in charge of both the church and the government. So did Constantine do good things? Yes, of course. But did he do all good things? <laughs> well, no, of course not. Constantine moved the capital of the Roman Empire to a new city, Constantinople, on the river Bosphorus. So he went uh, from Rome and the Tiber to Constantinople and the Bosphorus. And here we'll have the seeds of the beginning of schism. This city was called Byzantium before uh, Constantine moved there, and he moved in 324 AD. And by 328, so just four years, he had new walls built up around the city, making it four times larger than its original size in just four years. He wanted Constantinople to be the crowning jewel of the Roman Empire, outshining Rome itself. Today, um, this is a Muslim city. But no worries, it will be Christian again one day in the future. Within Constantinople, Constantine built three huge, magnificent churches called the Hagia Sophia, which means holy wisdom, the Hagia Irene, which means the holy peace, and he built the Church of the Holy Apostles. The city and the churches would actually remain unconquered there. Constantinople would remain a Christian city for over a thousand years. Uh, in the East, Christianity grew more, and in the West, there because that's where Constantine moved, he moved over into the East, and in the West, there were still more pagans than Christians. Constantine also started uh, tearing down pagan temples. He wasn't afraid to do it, even if he would lose favor with some of the people. He, would, he tore down the Temple of Aphrodite, Asclepius, the Temple of the Muses, and others. And on top of these temple mounts, when he tore down these pagan temples, he would erect churches. Um, Constantine, again, did not do everything right, <laughs> but I really like him. <laughs> he did a lot of things well. Um, he would knock down all these pagan shrines and build churches right on top of them, and to which all God's people should say amen. But unlike the treatment of Christians from other Roman emperors before, when Constantine did these things, he never once put to death a pagan as a martyr. So when he went to the Temple of Aphrodite, all the, the priests of Aphrodite, all the worshipers of Aphrodite, he never molested them. He never put them to death. He never tortured them or imprisoned them. He simply removed their temple and erected a church in its place. And that, that, is, good, that is good practice and method for Christian civil officers, in my opinion. He built churches in Galilee and Jerusalem and Nazareth and Capernaum, all the familiar places. He also created a society-based on the truth of the Bible. And this, this empire, this thing that Constantine was erecting um, based on Christendom and the faith, it would last for more than 100 generations. So again, Constantine did not do all things right or well, but we ought to give God thanks for a man like him. Next time on the Parbar podcast, as we continue through church history lessons, we will be discussing uh, the nation of Armenia, modern-day Turkey. 
but you'll have to wait for that one when we get there. Or if you're listening to this and your student, your children are in our homeschool cooperative, ask them about Armenia and see what they have to say. Thanks for listening to the Parbar podcast. Be sure to to share this around, like it, subscribe to it, um, all those things. Get the word out. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you.